love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. I didn't know you could be loved like this deeply. I had never thought that was possible. And it's something that I think about pretty often and that I'm I'm so grateful for, like just the depth of that love. It's always there, no matter what. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Welcome back to the Canadian Love Map. This week's episode belongs to Kelsey and Taylor, both of whom once believed they were unlucky in love. That all changed when this unlikely couple got set up and they became the wind beneath each other's wings. We're stretching our map today to catch up with this Canadian duo in Qatar. Kelsey and Taylor, welcome to the Canadian Love Map. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Nancy. It's great to be here. We have traveled all the way from Canada to Qatar for this interview. Okay, I haven't. Thank goodness for the virtual travel we're able to do these days. Before we get to why you're there in Qatar, I'd like you to both go back and tell us that once upon a time version of your relationship. And we'll do he said, she said. Okay, how did, how did this all start? And who would like to all start? Right. I think I want to start start us off with this one. Um, so we're talking way back to the beginning. Um, all right. So I was living in Toronto. I had just finished my master's degree and I had been single for about three years. And I'd had a long-term boyfriend before that. And it was one of those things I thought that when I was ready to meet somebody, it would just happen when I was ready. <laughs> and, and the more I dated and I, I wasn't very good at it. And it was just, it was like, and then after three years, I, to be honest, Nancy, I just felt sad. I was like, what's wrong with me? I can't meet somebody I connect with. Um, it just was, it, it, it just got very disheartening. And, uh, at the time it was my, my cousin was getting married and my cousins are, are twins. So the one twin who was getting married, um, she married a guy named Jeff. We're allowed to share names, right? Yeah, first names is good. Yeah, I mean, okay. you don't have to ask me for permission. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. brother. Um, so, so my cousin married this guy, Jeff, and after the wedding, I went out with her twin, my other cousin, um, to debrief the wedding. And suffice to say, we had we had some wine. It was half-price wine night that night. <laughs> um, and towards a, a couple hours in, you know, it came out, I was just saying, you know, it's like, I, I can't meet somebody. It sucks. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And she, I was like, I just want to meet somebody I can connect with, a quality person, all this. And she's like, you know, actually at the wedding, Jeff's older brother broke up with his girlfriend and it was actually quite scandalous. Um, but anyway, he's single. Um, his name is T-Bone. You want me to connect you? <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. You want to hook me up with a person named T-Bone after I've just shared my heart that I'm lonely and I want to meet somebody nice. So I was like, no way. Absolutely not. And she also said, oh yeah, he's a few years older. You know, I was 25 at the time. She's like, he's in his thirties. So I'm like, you want to hook me up with an old man named T-Bone? No, thank you. <laughs> who, just uh, ripped out the, who just ripped out the heart of some uh, old girlfriend at a wedding? 
so tough sell right i'm like no thank you uh but she she really talked him up and she's like you know what no like he's really great t-bone is a nickname from his dad his dad is a fire chief like they're a really nice family he's lovely and i basically i was like i was sad enough and drunk enough i was like i guess give him my number (laughs) taylor texted me the next day and that is what started everything um and within you know, a couple of months after that, I, I knew I was hooked. I, I knew he was it. Okay. T-bone. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's the version that Kelsey likes, likes to tell. Um, but usually she doesn't put in the part that T-bone was a nickname I had since I was a baby. And it's not a frat house nickname because it's one of those nicknames that I do feel the need to justify. So yes. I'm glad that she did that for me ahead of time, but my version, um, is a little shorter. Um, and it's what I tell people is that we were set up and it's, I think that that's rare now. Mm -hmm. I, when I think of people who are set up together, I think of 200 years ago, uh, in a small town, you met, you were set up by somebody in the next town and just didn't seem like something happens in modern time, but we were set up and, uh, you know, Kelsey described some of her trepidation of, of actually accepting like, uh, a setup, Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the person that she described is somebody who I think very highly of. And I think that was the real determining factor is that it came from somebody who I think is a very quality human being. And I did, you know, I did ask for a picture first, well, I'll admit to that, uh, before I said, you know, I, is it okay to give you my number? Well, I want to see what she looks like. That probably makes you like 95% of the people out there in dating world. Yeah, I think that that's standard in, you know, it was maybe months, mere months after we met that Tinder became such a huge thing. And that's, you know, that's blown up the dating world and everything is based on that profile mm-hmm. picture. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, we, we missed that narrowly, but I guess in a way that obviously the picture did help. <laughs> but it was the same. And interestingly, I think that one of the, one of our first interactions I had just, uh, uh, as as Kelsey said, I, I broke up with somebody after my brother. It wasn't at my brother's wedding, for clarity. Oh, good. It was <laughs> afterward. And it, it, you know, it was a long time coming, and, and, what, and it was time. <clears throat> but, you know, after a, a drama-filled relationship, that's obviously not what I wanted. And in one of our first interactions, Kelsey had noted, it might have even been the first time I texted her, she said, I can't talk right now. My dog just ate a whole bottle of pills, and I don't know what's going on, and I, I'll talk to you later. And I said, oh, boy, I found another one that just loves the drama. And it's proven to be that's absolutely not the case. But that first interaction, I I reconsidered. I almost scared him away. Yeah, definitely. That's funny. For, fortunately, that was an aberration, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, and to be fair, going into this, because I had mentioned I had kind of reached the end of my rope, um, you know, and I, I just thought whoever I meet next, I'm going to be 100% myself. No, I'm not even going to try to be anything other than exactly who I am. I had just gotten a puppy um, a few months before, the original love of my life, Russo. (laughs) And he had eaten a whole bottle of pills. And when I saw his text, I was like, my dog just tried to kill himself. I can't talk right now. I'll I'll talk to you later. Um, But hey, I didn't scare him off and I was me. So I think it bodes well. I think so too. I'm curious to know about your first date. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like like you've been prepped here. So... Uh, uh, let me start this one. 
Okay. Because I know you're going to come over the top with a haymaker after I. No, well, it's it. just Nancy. You're getting all of our, our our heavy hitters off the bat here. It's, it's so not a. It. I would say not a storybook first date. Bring um, it so on. We uh, so Kels mentioned that uh, my brother married her cousin, and and so they went up right from their wedding. They went on their honeymoon three weeks or, or four or whatever it was. And we had texted in while they were away and we had planned to meet up uh, the night that they were arriving. And I had also promised them that I would pick them up from Pearson, from the airport in Toronto. And so our first date was I drove to the airport with Kelsey and we picked up my brother and his, uh, and his new wife, Kelsey's cousin from the airport, but didn't tell them that we were interested in each other we were definitely seeing each other at that point we had just met in person but uh our first date was hanging out at the airport and then watching the eyes bulge of the newlyweds as they walked out of the terminal and what are these two doing together their worlds collided you know oh i <laughs> it love it it's the, that. it's the stuff of a sitcom really totally. sitcom not storybook exactly yes yeah well um i think the this the second part of the date is really where where the magic happens. Um, so initially off the bat, you know, we get to the airport a bit early and Taylor's like, Oh, I'll just find us a nice side street that we can wait until their plane gets in. And he starts driving into like this dark parking lot. I'm like, I'm going to, there's a good chance I'm just going to get murdered here. Okay. Um, obviously turned out. Okay. So after we picked up his brother and my cousin, we dropped them off and the, the date part of it, really the dinner part, um, Taylor cooked, he's an amazing, amazing chef. And so he's like, I'll cook you dinner, come to my place fantastic. So it was a really lovely evening. Um, and you know, I was having a glass of wine and Taylor's cooking in the kitchen and in walks who I learned to be Taylor's roommate at the time. And this guy is a character who we love dearly. Mm -hmm. Um, but essentially from my perspective at the time, this stranger walks in to my first date with Taylor, takes off his pants, (gasps) cracks a beer and pulls up a chair. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't like, I don't know what to do with myself. This is really, really weird. Taylor pretends like nothing is off and they're just chatting. And I remember thinking, damn, I really like this guy. And now I can obviously never see him again. <laughs> His name's T-Bone. He's the wor- wor- world's weirdest date. And so from my point of view, that interaction was, you know, my roommate, I lived with a couple of dudes at the time. And, uh, my roommate comes home, interrupts a date that was going very well and won't leave. But of course, my my seething internal rage can't come out. I want to yell at this guy to get out of here. What are you doing? Read the room. But if I do that, that's a nightmare on a first date. So I can't. So I'm trying to play it cool. It was Oh, difficult. that's funny. I can sense the inner turmoil from here, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Okay, so where did it go from there? How did the relationship blossom? I'll let Taylor take this one first. Okay. So Kelsey is, is her own person all the time. So she had, she noted before that, you know, she, she was making an effort to be herself, but I don't know that I've never known her any other way. So I think just that's who she is. I think she's, she's just who she is all the time. She's, 
you know, the purest heart that I've ever met. And it was just, it was special to meet somebody that, you know, again, just so different from what I expected from anybody that I'd met. I had no grounds to meet somebody like Kelsey. And then I did, and then she wanted to spend time with me. And it was so fantastic that I got to, you know, I just felt special just to, it's one of those, I just felt lucky to get to be around her and for her to be interested in me. And so I'm really trying my best not to, to screw it up and to, I'm really just so into her. And Kelsey is somebody who, um, how should we say, likes to schedule her time. <laughs> like all the time, you know, yeah. So, she's, she's organized, well, well, highly organized, isn't she? She's extremely organized. And that's just not just professionally, personally, you know, she'll, you know, organize time to do research. She'll organize, you know, a coffee break, that kind of stuff. Anyway, so we, we had seen each other and I said, well, when can I see you again? This was <laughs> first couple of months early. And she goes, well, and she pulls out her calendar as she does. She goes, I'm, I can see you in two Thursdays. And I'm thinking, well, okay. She clearly doesn't like me that much. You know, that's, I'm not a priority in, in two Thursdays. Um, she's blowing me off is what I'm thinking. Yep. Um, I found out later that uh, her mom, my now mother-in-law, who's wonderful, uh, gave her a bit of a talking to in, in the vein of, you know, if you like this guy, two Thursdays won't cut it <laughs> and he'll find somebody who can see him the next Thursday kind of talk. And I'm, we still talk about this uh, pretty often and I'm very thankful for her as well. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I was so nonchalant about it. And my mom was so excited that I finally met this guy. I liked when are you seeing him next? I said, Oh, about two weeks from now. What? He can't see you before that. <laughs> no, I, he asked when I said two Thursdays that I'm busy. That's when I have time. And she basically said, like, Kelsey finally met somebody you like prioritize them, make them understand that you like them, all this, like a very needed talk that just jerked me right out of my overly, arguably overly scheduled life. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. Oh my gosh. I see your mom calling a timeout on the play. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yes. Calling you over to the sideline and going, okay, Kelsey, here's what you need to know. <laughs> Let's talk strategy. That's exactly. so great. And so how did the proposal happen? <laughs> oh, another great one. Can, Can I? I no. Because, <laughs> oh, they're going to fight was, about this one. <laughs> I think it's a better story if the planning part okay, is known fine. first. Okay, fine. <laughs> I think it's better the other way, but you know what? Since it was his proposal, go ahead. <laughs> well, so we were we were doing our, a Euro trip together. It was my first time to Europe, and Kelsey was was very well traveled and and sort of drug me on my first Europe trip and it was fantastic. And it, it was, it was time. And I decided that this is when, this is when I want to propose. And I, and I was carrying a, uh, a ring with me the whole time. Um, in fact, I, we've just mentioned, uh, Kelsey's mom, they're very close. And I didn't ask slash advise her, her parents that I was going to propose until the morning that we left because I was pretty confident that there would be no secret that would be kept. If I, if I gave them some lead time, the, the surprise would be ruined. So it would be I rolled the dice that they would be okay with it uh, on the morning of and, and they were thankfully, but I'm carrying this ring with me and I just had, I didn't have a specific picture in mind, but I sort of said, 
I just want it to feel right the, the time that I did it. And we, we went to Scotland first and that's Kelsey's favorite country or, or one of her favorite countries. And it was something I didn't find the right moment. And then we went to Paris and again, didn't find the right moment. And then we went to this Island, um, in the South of France that I'll let Kelsey pr uh, pronounce because I speak terrible Canadian French and she speaks beautiful Parisian French. Oh, um, not yet. What was the island? Uh, I'll let Kelsey try to remember the name of the <laughs> island that we got, that we got engaged on. I do, I do know it, yeah. Porcarole. That's better. Oh, very um, nice. And so we, we had uh, a beautiful morning. We were exploring this sort of rocky shoreline on this on this little island and we were alone on this in this cove and I thought, well, this is the time I'm going to do it. And so I was wearing, um, we were on the beach, I was wearing shorts and my shorts had this little safety pocket inside the pocket. So I take the ring out for the first time, I'm ready to do it. And I put it in the little safety pocket until the perfect time, you know, and we're sitting on this beach towel <laughs> and the, the tide's coming in. So we're doing that trick where you, you pull back your towel every 10 minutes because the tide's coming and touching your toes, that kind of thing. And one of the times we do that, and, and I think this is when this is yeah this is when Kelsey go. this is when Kelsey can take over. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> we're we're sitting on these towels. We move back a couple times, but we're collecting sea glass, right? And just like looking at all the different rocks. And I see a ring, and I pick it up, and I'm like, "Where do you think this came from? This is so beautiful." <laughs> and had Taylor's face no. was just white no. horror. <laughs> I was just totally just absolutely had no idea it had fallen out well, I had a plan you know the down on one knee and I've been rehearsing in my head for weeks now so it had fallen out but Taylor he recovered very quickly and launched into the most beautiful proposal and it was it was very us and it was just one of my favorite memories ever in my life it was wonderful so as Kelsey likes to say oh I proposed to myself yeah yes <laughs> So I want to say you made a huge transition professionally, Kelsey, and I, uh, you've told me in our prep for this interview that he was enormously responsible for that because of the way he supported you. Absolutely. So yeah, as, as you know, Nancy, like I run, I run my educational consulting firm um, and I can say with absolute certainty it would not exist um, if it weren't for Taylor. When we met, I was working at the Ministry of Education uh, it was my first job out of grad school. I was so excited at first, but, you know, it's in policy and this is going to be great. And very quickly in, I learned, you know, bureaucracy and government is not for me. Um, I was not, I was not happy there. I worked with amazing people, but it just was not a fit. And I was really unhappy. And everyone I talked to went from being like, oh, you'll get used to it. You know, don't worry. Um, I had a lot of people, especially older adults who just kind of laughed being like, like, welcome to the working world. Like, <laughs> nope, like nobody likes to like get used to it, you know, like put your head down. Mm -hmm. And you know, and it was, it was a quote unquote good job. Like this was the jackpot. And anyway, he was the only person he's like, if you're not happy, like leave, like he's so, so big on creating life, um, irrespective of what is the norm or what is socially expected. And I had never really had that in my life. It was just so inspiring. I had never met anybody who was so, I go back to the word unapologetic because I think it's something that, you know, it's funny Taylor is saying that he's only ever known me to be my authentic self, which I love, but I think he really helped me feel confident with doing that, you know, with really sharing and, and not 
you know, second guessing or things like that, like just really settling into my, into myself. And he, he was so uh, matter of fact about, you know, he's basically like, you're really smart. You're really talented and passionate, a lot of stuff. Like you'll make money. Like, you know, why tie yourself to this job? Like this is just starting. And so I lasted about a year and a half um, at the government and I uh, ended up giving my notice much to my shock and the shock of everybody I know. Um, but I felt so good doing it. Everyone I knew thought it was crazy. Like, oh my gosh, my poor parents. I love, they're so supportive and the best. They just, they'd invested so much in my education and here I am throwing away my first very good job. But, you know, obviously in, in hindsight, it, it was one of the best decisions of my entire life. Um, and here we are now sitting in on the beach in a tropical paradise, um, you know, just, just loving life. So it's, um, you know, I'm just forever grateful. So Kelsey, just tell us quickly what you decided to do, because I think I'm, I'm guessing that part of the reason he was so supportive is that Taylor could see that you had, as you said, passion, but you also transitioned to a job that was totally built on purpose, right? Yeah. And that was something also that, you know, even leading up to before I gave notice at my job, you know, and again, Taylor was so instrumental with like helping brainstorm. Well, how can we, you know, find some joy while you're strategizing this exit? And I'd always tutored. I love tutoring. I'd always been really good at school and I loved helping other students feel the same. So I just kind of put up an ad like on a website, you know, just to tutor. And uh, within, within a few weeks, I had more, like I was working nights and weekends and I loved it. And I ended up, I had like within a month, I had a wait list. And it was just, I didn't really know what was happening, but I knew it was something special. I knew I loved it. Mm -hmm. I was so much happier doing that work, working directly with students and parents. Like it just set my soul on fire. And that combined with a certain somebody's support here, it, it made it make sense to walk away from, you know, the ostensibly, the, the, I don't know, the ostensible path that I should have gone down. I love uh, what I heard you say before is that you love making students into learners. Does that capture it well? A hundred percent. That absolutely captures it. I think every person deserves to understand themselves as a learner. And I think it's, it's shocking. And I think it's a tragedy how many people graduate from high school or from college and never experience that. They're always students and they never really tap into what they're truly capable of as learners. And we're all wired to learn. We're innate learners, Mm -hmm. but it's just been so bogged down by the student stuff, by just get it done, get the grades. Maybe you need a math tutor, you know, it's not special as it, as it should Mm be. Well, no wonder that sets your soul on fire, as you say. Now you mentioned you're both in Qatar and so exciting for you to to explore that whole new world together. That is the thing I'm most excited about. Um, everything is brand new. And I think <laughs> I think probably every person on relationships would say this, like doing new things together is like a great way to bond, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just so fun. It's exciting. And basically every time we leave the house, there's like just seeing new things and seeing everything is brand new. So it's definitely an adventure and we definitely want to travel and really make the most of, of the time that we're here for sure. I feel like this is your reward, both of you, for being willing to take chances and to support each other in the way you have. I think it's phenomenal. And I want to know what you love most about each other. Oh, Kelsey is actually 
She's her own person more than anybody that I've ever met. She's got the biggest heart of anybody I've ever met. She's the most, you know, honorable person. And I had met people before that liked me, that loved me. But I'm with Kelsey. I'm confident that like, we're talking about like the person that she will help me become, you know, it's th that with Kelsey, I become a better person rather than just having somebody that never challenges or motivates you to, to ever change for the person you are. And that's so special and something I frankly need. <laughs> and I, I love so much that you have it. That's beautiful. Kelsey. That is, that is beautiful. That's uh, hard to follow. Um, his just sense of duty and, and the integrity that in which he operates, like every aspect of his life, personal, professional, social, everything um, is second to none. And I just, I find that so amazing. And also I, and I don't know, I don't know the best way to say this. I think it's that I, before I met Taylor, I didn't know. I didn't know you could be loved like this deeply. I had never thought that was possible. And it's something that I think about pretty often and that I'm, I'm so grateful for, like the, just the depth of that love. It's always there, no matter what, even when we're fighting, even when we were in that quarantine, you know, like in the same room for a year. Um, yeah, it's, it's, he, he loves me unconditionally and it's, it's the best feeling in the world. These are all qualities you would expect from somebody whose nickname is T-Bone. Right. <laughs> and you know what? That takes us out because how do we follow that? <laughs> oh, thank you both so much. That was just beautiful. And I'm just so excited for the two of you. And you can celebrate, you know, being together, but also living in this exciting new place. Thank you so much, Nancy. That's uh, that means a lot. Definitely appreciated. And thank you so much for for having us on your show. This was wonderful. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. <laughs>